Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to a very festive School for Dumb Women, the podcast where we explain the things you pretend to already know about. Or should we say, you'll pretend to know about. Stop it. Y-U-L-E. Like the log. Yes, it's our Christmas episode and I am your host woman, beard made out of cotton wool, Hannah Varrell. Joining me is factory recalled Christmas cracker, Alexandra Haddo. Look, I still don't see the problem with putting actually useful prizes in Christmas crackers. And so what if a few kids drank the miniature bottle of toilet duck? And coloured festive tights that you bought on a whim, Caroline O'Donoghue. Thanks, Hannah. I took a risk and now I look like I teach hat making at night. I was going to say you look like the principal at a finishing school for elves, but I'm too polite. This week we're talking seasonal trends, Christmas films and reindeer. And because it's Christmas dinner, we have not one but two dumb guests who we've invited to eat an underdone prawn ring on the sofa while we have a panic attack in the kitchen. On with the show! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Shall we begin with a cracker? Ooh. Would, would you cracker, madame? Will I? Oh, oh ah. I, I could tell I was losing that. Straight, you you know away. from the moment you pick it yeah, up. Yeah, oh, you do. You may as well not even do them. Caroline, can we do another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that smells good, isn't it? The burning oh, smell. Oh, jeez! You keep losing! Oh! oh. My joke has fallen gonna... to the floor. Oh, not like you. Much like my, <laughs> much like my career. Oh, thank you. Caroline's donated her hat to me. Pre-assembled jigsaw puzzle. That's um, that's the crackers I bring. Yeah. If you listen to last year's uh, Christmas episode, every cracker that we open is a pre-assembled jigsaw. <laughs> yes. Episode. Often of the same house. Are these are these also Poundland? They are. They're yeah. Poundland near my house. And I noticed that you guys didn't bring anything. Hey, so. I brought mince pies. I'm and gluten free. Hey, I'm you poor. knew that coming in. <laughs> okay, I've got oh, a joke for you. Very good in your hat, Al. Thanks, pal. How'd you do that? How'd you look cute in it? You a look hat? so cute in it. Fuck you. Do I? <laughs> you do look cute in it. God, I, I do look cute. You I've just like, seen myself. You look like the girlfriend <laughs> the lead brings home for Christmas. And it's like, you brought a stranger home? Oh, we love her. Yeah. Oh my God, that's, that is essentially my life. She certainly tamed him. But will he tame her? Mm. I love when you do that. Can you just narrate my life like that? God, I'm cute. <laughs> okay. So, Caroline, I'm constantly drawn to you, even though you're not technically good. What are you? It's because I'm so overexposed. That's why. You're a Jürgen Teller photo? (laughs) So niche. Half of the women on Instagram? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, uh, this week I am doing Hallmark slash made-for-TV Christmas films. Oh. Uh, Not sure what your exposure is to either of those things. 
Um, I know the sort of shit ones you mean, but I can't, that's yeah. it's a testament to the fact I can't name you any. That's oh, a shame. Oh, I, know yeah. I've, I know I've seen some. Uh, yeah. They exist in but your memory you... in a fuzzy sort of yes. VHS wipe yes. kind of way. Yeah. Um, but you don't know exactly who you've seen, no. what you've seen, or why you've seen it. Yes. <laughs> it's a very interesting phenomenon, that whole thing. Um, I was actually guested on a podcast this week called Roast Chestnuts, um, sort of half-brother of the podcast, Alan, Ma- Alan McGuire. First cousin? First cousin, yeah. yeah. From across the seas? Yeah, like, you know, the older cousin we quite fancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alan McGuire. <laughs> um, he also hosts the podcast Juvenalia. He uh, hosts a sort of a, a made-for-TV Christmas film review podcast called Roast Chestnuts, which I was on this week, and it made me think, you know, is it strange that we have these, like, two different categories of Christmas films? Obviously, we have the top tier, which is, you know, your your Muppets Christmas Carol for me. Mm. It's a Wonderful Life, like, Jingle All the Way, all those ones, which are like, it'll have like a famous actor in it and have a great score and a huge budget. But then we'll have this lower tier of these films that are made for maybe half a million dollars over two weeks, generally in Vermont, or if it's about some amorphous European royal family, yeah. Romania. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went to Romania this year and I was like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this castle before. I've definitely seen this castle. It's weird. It's like um, the, the the characters will go to this like amorphous European country called like Galdivia or something. Oh, like in the Princess Diaries. The princess yes. Of, what is she? I think they're. Mol- oh god, it's I not Moldova. Remember. That's a real place, isn't but it? Is, but it does sound like a fake place. <laughs> Sounds like Genovia. the country in the power. Genovia. Princess of Genovia. It's all like I think that a lot of those ones are basing themselves on like the Princess Diaries a little bit and. Uh, yeah, it's always like everyone in the country speaks some like Eastern European accent, but all the family speak with a very refined British accent. Of course. It's simply not done here in Genoa. In <laughs> Genoa. <laughs> um, and yeah, and like they, they have the same kinds of actors and, you know, they're, they're, they're not technically good, but they definitely, they all have like a warm Christmassy mm. vibe. And these films, they do huge business. Like we're in a kind of a world now where at the cinema, a film is made for, um, you know, $150 million. And in order for it to be a success, it has to make a billion dollars. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And that's sort of like... Those movies that you used to get in the 90s or the early noughties of like, you know, a small rom-com that didn't cost that much money, but maybe Julia Roberts is in anyway. Yeah. That thing, that has totally been erased now, you know, by mainstream movies. So what we have is huge, huge movies and very, very, very low budget movies. And it's Mm. interesting how Christmas factored into that because basically the Hallmark Channel just sort of set up, you know, 20 years ago after like one huge company bought another Christian cable network is it hallmark the same as the cards because they do like greetings cards don't they i think it is the same it's yeah it is the same branding and everything but they don't really have anything to do with each other oh it's just that they're both in charge of sentiment sentiment. yeah it's kind of like this is a nice thing yeah exactly here's a a nice thing this is a meaningless hug with no paper yes (laughs) totally and it's like if you ever read a a, a read or look at a birthday card or christmas card it's like if you look at the copy you're like that means nothing but it's like the words are in a right order to create a mood (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. and so they've started to sort of do gangbusters and they've like every single year uh hallmark has like like doubled it's sort of how many it's created. Like. Sure. And where are these appearing? These are appearing on the Hallmark Channel. Are they are they on kind of like uh, terrestrial TV, Netflix, that sort of thing? Well, so they, they are mostly the Hallmark Channel and uh, the Christmas sort of calendar begins in July for Hallmark. Oh, God. Where they do a Christmas in July weekend to sell some Hallmark branded ornaments. 
and uh, then they just do all the Christmas films then. And then from the from the first day of October to January, it's all Christmas films every day, sometimes several times a day. Oh God! Uh, so it's it's mad, and uh, part of the reason why they make so much money as well is because uh, they do this thing. You know how like American TV, they're mad for ad breaks. Yes, yeah. yeah. They love yeah. ad. Like seriously, it's so hard to watch TV in America. I, I don't know, know how I don't they know do how it. Every ten minutes, yeah. Yeah. So what they do for Hallmark is that they have thirty second ad breaks, and it's like one very quick ad, and they say it'll come back to you in thirty seconds. So people don't really turn over. Oh, that and they much. just have loads of loads of small ad breaks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Which is what often with the Hallmark Christmas film. Um, people restate the plot a lot. Oh, sure. <laughs> so when you're watching them on like Hallmark or whatever, it's like the the job of the best friend is be like, I can't believe you're going all the way to Genova <laughs> for a baking contest. <laughs> um, and then so like obviously Netflix is um, very good at seeing what other things are doing and aping it. And they've just copied the formula. And um, now they're doing their own movie, like the Princess Switch and all this one oh, like that. Yeah, this is like Vanessa Hudgens, Hudgens big yeah. thing. Um, but, you know, don't take my word for any of this. I thought I could ask an expert about it. So I actually asked Alan McGuire to talk to me about all this stuff himself. <gasps> Alan right. McGuire of Juvenalia and Rose Chestnut's fame? Of that fame, yes. Ah. He's basically a star maker in the Irish podcast world. Oh. So take us through for people who have who, who have only maybe watched classic Christmas films like Jingle All the Way or It's a Wonderful Life or whatever. Take us through the sort of the main key differences between the two genres, between a made-for-TV Christmas movie and a normal Christmas movie? So a made-for-TV Christmas movie is not bothered in the slightest of being original because it doesn't need to attract eyeballs because you just they, they notice whoever's going to put on the channel is going to watch what's there. Mm-hmm. So it's just it follows a very strict formula. And like, like a recipe, it really depends on the quality of the ingredients. So that's why there's such a huge variance in them. So, so you'll get same actors come up a lot of them mm-hmm. like I think in terms of mainstream movies like Kate Winslet has done her one Christmas film whereas someone like Lacey Chabert will do three Hallmark Christmas movies this year and then three again next year and three last year so the mainstream ones are like a one-off event whereas these are just like I guess like just part of a, a continuing evolving set if you look at like like we've gone back as far as 2003 on the podcast and they're very different um you can see that they've refined it and refined it and refined it and become less concerned with, like, I wouldn't say taste necessarily, but, like, the Hallmark film does not care about, like, contemporary aesthetics, really. It will just fill a room full of glowing Christmas decorations and it will, like, kick off a little bit of serotonin in your brain, just the glow of all the, the holly and Christmas and green and gold and red. Whereas, like, the family stone has to keep it a bit tasteful because it needs you to look at Sarah Jessica Parker. Whereas Hallmark just wants you to just absorb the hit of the Christmas all at one, you know? Yeah, you, you, you're totally right. Because, like, when you're watching the family stone, you're there for, like, Diane Keaton's performance or Sarah Jessica Parker's mm. performance and, like, looking at all these actors that you know really well. Or, like, you're, you're, you're encouraged to focus on the story itself. Or the exactly. plot devices you yeah. never saw coming. Yeah, because like a Hallmark Christmas film will have maybe one person you know, and then it will just ram the rest of the cast with Canadian sporting actors because they're all filmed in Vancouver as well, which is where the cheap TV is made. So if you ever look at the IMDb's of all the the actors in these, they're all they've been in like Supernatural and the X Files and every bit every sci-fi show. Yeah, is also up there. So they they're all Christmas sci-fi crossover experts. So Yusuf and Jean, because you've watched so many of these movies, you developed a kind of a bingo card system for recognizing the tropes. I was wondering if you could take us through what those tropes are. 
oh yeah, most films will have at least half of these things. So there's a precocious child. What's the role of the precocious child? To deliver truths, or if it's the actual main character's child, mm-hmm. it will be a motivating factor in what they do. For instance, in Enchanted Christmas, the child um, really wants to be in the Christmas pageant, but the main character's ex is teaching the pageant so that's uh, she yes. brings them together that kind of thing and um, in the princess switch it's uh and this is quite typical the child in that i mean it's about vanessa hutchins changing places with the princess who happens to look very identical to her mm-hmm. and the the child who's a friend the child of her friends like sees it straight away because kids get it yeah exactly yeah, yeah she sees right through and yeah i mean the prince switch is my favorite film we've done of the 20 we've done mm-hmm. but it is everybody should have seen true straight away in that film it's they're all ridiculous films they don't have earth logic um <laughs> earth logic <laughs> so they're yeah the mostly from vancouver that's on there and um, the female lead tends to have better lighting than everybody else it's like there's an extra light that they use just for when the camera's on the female lead mm-hmm. uh normally the best friend has absolutely no inner life whatsoever oh they, yeah she is there just to like say girl you need to get laid <laughs> or something equivalent just like yeah they, they will come home to a small town and their best friend will be like i haven't seen you in four years yeah i'm not going to tell you anything about what's happened with me i just need to know exactly what you think about this new carpenter who lives down the road um, <laughs> it's very rory and lane isn't it from the gilmore girls oh totally yeah yeah i mean Lane Plus, like some of them have you in less light of a life than Lane. And one of them, the best friend, is like at her father's house putting up her father's Christmas decorations. And it's never explained why she's there. She's just <laughs> so involved in this person's life that she has like literally nothing else happening. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, there's also a wise widow or widower usually, which okay. is usually a parent. Very rarely does someone have two parents mm. in a Hallmark film. Mm. Normally the female lead works in marketing or advertising. Or that is interesting, of... isn't it? Why Why do you think they always work in marketing or advertising? I guess it's the kind of creative job where you can get a promotion. And I think it's probably creative adjacent where the writers of these films are. Yeah. So it, they can just about imagine what that's like, but they can't imagine what it's like to work in like insurance or on a building site. <laughs> so it's like just close enough to what they've done. Totally. And and it's also, it um, marketing is the place where you cook up all the Christmas plans to rip people off. And, you know, sometimes the character is very in that world and they see the light, you know? Mm, oh, totally, yeah. Like very often there's a parallel plot to the love plot where there's a promotion plot. Mm. So often the person is like the good capitalist and everybody else is the bad capitalist. It happens quite a lot as well, which is bringing something to the next one. There's, they usually have a capitalist ex who is, who <laughs> is that person who is all about the money. Right. And is, they're just generally a bad person who look kind of, but not quite like Luke Wilson. But oh yes, yes, grease, I, know, I know him. Kind of a greasy Luke Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, the protagonist always loves Christmas. Always. Oh yeah. Huge into it. Like just, yeah. just the concept of Christmas and its feelings adjacent to love and togetherness is very much their deal. They're obsessed with it. Oh yeah. Like and the weird thing is they never seem to put up their Christmas decorations until like three days before Christmas because we always see them put up their decorations as like a plot point, but it's like yes. December twenty first. <laughs> if you love um, Christmas so much, why are you waiting so late? Yeah. But it's also like usually the first or second line of the film is someone saying to them, You love Christmas, Jean, you know? <laughs> So, carlers, usually carlers. Um, oh, yeah. A snowball fight, there's always a snowball fight. Yes, yes, there is. Uh, yeah, there's a horse-drawn carriage, usually. In the, anything set outside the city will have a horse-drawn carriage, yeah. pretty much. Um, really good Christmas decorations. The standard is usually very high. 
like in one of the films, it's like the Christmas decorations are a parasite that are growing throughout the film, where everybody's just like <laughs> wrapped in baubles by the end of the film. It's crazy. Um, we call the film the podcast Roast Chestnuts, and Roast Chestnuts do actually feature in quite a lot of them as well. Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe has a whole section where they bond over roast chestnuts and how good roast chestnuts are, which I think might be because Lacey listened to the podcast last year and put it into a new film for us. Great, of That's course. What, what other explanation uh, could they be? Exactly. Uh, it's often an awkward family dinner. Usually when one of the leads comes to the other person's house for the first time, they normally get invited along accidentally. And then there's a super awkward family dinner because the lead will have unresolved family stuff. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Like yeah. um, not joining the, the father's family business. Exactly. It's one yeah, of them I've seen. Super common, yeah. Oh, the female lead will have beautiful impossible hair. Like they're the only person who still uses um, hairspray. Yeah, also it, like ever, slightly ever, curly yeah. hair. Um, there will be like a scene of mild peril lasting no longer than three minutes. Like a child yeah. will go missing for like 20 seconds. Or a, oh, yeah, a, dog, yeah, yeah. a dog will chase someone, but it will be over very, very quickly. Because that's all anybody can handle. Or as in, in A Christmas Prince, I believe it's um, somebody's kitchen aid being broken. Yeah. Um, the work Christmas parties, very common as well. Work Christmas parties that happen in the office itself. Yeah. Where people so are just weird. like wearing party hats and sitting on their desks. Yeah. Or else they do one at like a big ball. So there's one they're going to do with Secret Santa. And do every bit of the Secret Santa one by one in a ballroom for like what? 300 people. It seems very impractical. We only see a bit of it because <laughs> that would be the entire film. Um, often the secondary characters hook up. So the uh, friend with no inner life and maybe the male lead's friend yeah. will have an old shift just before the end. Oh, lovely. But the important thing is to save the actual kiss until the very end of the movie. Often the very, very last shot of these films is the kiss. And... Some of them have very good kisses. Some of them have just head smush kisses. But some of them do actually have quite like good kisses, which is um, surprising because they're quite chaste films. They're actually, they're, I'll admit that they're super chaste films. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, like the, and whenever, whenever the, like yeah. they want to show like any sort of uh, vice, it's always like they love cake. They just they kind of sublimate it all into love and Christmas. I think. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. That's their one vice is baubles. Um, bubbles. Yeah. It's funny because I think you always go into it um, with a slight kind of wink and you're like, oh, this is bad, but whatever. And then literally by, you know, by the second act, you are all in, you know? Oh, yeah. The amount of them that I've cried at the end of, I am shocked at myself. Oh, totally. And I like, cried I'm, at the I'm, end of A Christmas Prince. Oh, yeah. I'm quite an easy cry. But, yeah, oh, same. But these ones still. Well... Thank you uh, for for taking us through the Hallmark phenomenon. You've definitely, I think, I think a lot of people are a bit curious as to why it's gone from being a fringe thing to being quite a major thing. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, Netflix kind of co-opting the genre. But do you have any theories yourself why it's gone from being something that mums are into to something that quite a lot of people of different ages and demographics are into? Oh, I think the Once Christmas Prince came out last year, that was a huge thing. I think because... The fact that Hallmark do, they did 37 this year, as you probably mentioned. Um, Whereas Netflix just did one all of a sudden and everybody watched it once. Mm. So everybody talked about it. Whereas I think now the floodgates have broken a bit. So everybody's realizing everybody does it and tweeting about it. And it's just, you feel a little bit less alone in your your love of it now, I think. So I think that's why. I think, yeah, I think basically just having one big event. Because they're they're not event movies as a thing. Whereas Netflix made one an event movie which is fair praise to them for pulling that off. And now I think everybody is kind of 
out of the closet. Just just into it, yeah. Yeah. Super into it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alan. I think that's a lovely place to leave it. Is there anything you'd like to plug before I leave you go? Uh, I suppose go listen to some episodes of Roast Chestnuts. We're on uh, iTunes and all those places. And the other podcast, Juvenalia, where you've been on four times now. (laughs) Not always as a subject. guest. I, yeah. I, I love being your fifth Beatle. I, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. I think I love Alan. You should love I really Alan. I love Alan. Yeah. yeah. Nice man. Good knowledge of Christmas films. <laughs> Lovely voice. Lovely voice. Um, I was very chuffed the other day because someone on Twitter, because um, Alan's wife, her name is Carol Ann. And uh, she, he often mentions her on the podcast and people thought they were saying Caroline. <gasps> I thought that too. Oh, I saw that on Twitter or something. Because yeah. like, he, he, he was married. Very, he speaks very quickly. So he says, oh, and I was saying to Caroline and, yeah. and you're just sort of like, Car- Caroline? <laughs> Caroline? <laughs> so um, for anyone on Twitter who thought maybe that me and Alan McGuire were married, sadly, I wish that were the case. Oh. And Alan, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so... joke what happened when the snow girl fell out with the snow boy they melted no uh pedophiles (laughs) (laughs) cold pedophiles (laughs) correct cold pedophiles no um she gave him the cold shoulder oh i much prefer my dad jeff's joke pedophiles is gonna be my password for everything what's the difference between snowmen and snow women a misplaced carrot? Snowballs. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, guys, I actually have to nip out and do my Christmas shopping. I'll uh, I'll be back in approximately four minutes. That's how long your Christmas shopping takes you? Oh, yeah. I just walk into Muji and cram some candles and notebooks into a basket, don't pay for it, and then leave. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Dr. Jane Frail is coming in, um, and she hates clear plastic storage solutions, so it's probably best that you leave anyway. Oh, of course she does. Right, okay. Bye. Get me a candle. I think we should talk about firing Alex. Hi, James. Hello, my little round robins. How are we? Very nice. Happy Christmas to you. Aren't you looking festive and jolly? Opening the door on the advent calendar a little early, are we? Jane, you can't just walk in here and call us fat because it's Christmas. Oh, darling, I don't mean it. I'm just planting the seeds now so you'll buy my new physical wellness DVD in January. It's called Train with Jane, the frailer way to freer fitting fashion. You know, Jane, as much as I love hearing about your uh, dieting business, I think ah, your PR is actually... Ah, 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 ah. We don't say diet here. We say physical wellness, dear. I will also accept mindful minimization, or in some cases constructive dysmorphia. Uh, well, as much as I love hearing about your constructive dysmorphia, Jane, you are here today to talk to us about mindfulness at Christmas, aren't you? Yes, Hester. I thought that some of your listeners will be going home for Christmas. And, you know, that can be a really difficult time for a lot of people. Seeing family can be very emotionally charged, very pressured, and it often brings out the worst in us. Often when we see our siblings or our parents, we get trapped in the same old scripts with them because, you know, they still see us as children and they refuse to accept the adults we now are. Wow, Jane, that's actually really sound, sensible, emotionally healthy advice. Thank you. 
Well, Mary, there's a reason they used to call me the heart doctor when I was the guest expert for three episodes on Trisha. And let me tell you, it wasn't because of my three husbands dying on the operating table during seemingly routine procedures. It's because I know family drama. So, Jane, do you have any advice for people who are struggling with their families this Christmas? Well, the key here, dear, is honesty and communication. Let's say you're having a problem with your mother, okay? Maybe she said a few thoughtless things, you've said some things, there's an atmosphere. So you sit that bitch down in a neutral setting and tell her, look, mum, I know you've always been jealous of me and I know that when I won Miss East Aberdeen in 1983, wearing only some brown lipstick and a tube of fibreglass, you were so sick with envy that you crept into my bed in the night and poured hot tar in my hair, so that when I woke up, not only was my beauty ruined, I also developed a lifelong fear of coal-based substances, which eventually ended my promising career as a lady miner. I know, Mum. You don't need to deny it. But do we need to keep focusing on the years of revenge that followed or the fact that I pretended you were dead to the press just so I wouldn't have to invite you to my wedding? Can we nay just call it water under the bridge? After all, at the end of the day, it's Christmas, Mum. We're both here and in many ways we are all each other has. So, we can glare at each other in total silence until the brandy runs out or... We could put on a ready meal and agree that we're glad that Dad's dead. Eh? What do you say? Um, so we should be honest with our family then, Jane. Eh? Oh, yes, love. Uh, just say that and uh, personalise your own details where necessary. But really, I think it's quite a universal experience. Well, I hope to one day find the strength to confront my mother about the tar that she put in my hair. Um, thank you, Dr Jane. Anytime, dears. Have a great Christmas. H- Happy New Year, yeah, Jane. You too. Yeah. Stay Remember, safe out there. Dad before you buy. Can we do another um, Christmas cracker so maybe I can win this one? I'm oh. going to have a chocolate Santa. Okay. Oh, for God's sake! I didn't even snap that time. Hannah, you are a loser. I am cursed. You are. Okay, hang on. Oh, how many chimneys does Father Christmas go down? Oh. Oh, my uh, vaginal walls? I was going to say, like, what's the... <laughs> no idea. Stacks. Stacks. No. Just say um, stacks. Not drunk enough no for that idea. to be funny. No. Uh, so, Hannah, I thought my dog was the horniest animal in December, but apparently I'm wrong. Yes, you are wrong. Although, you know, Sylvie has the cone now, so surely didn't that bring that down a bit? So. No, it's actually made her hornier still. Really? She, yeah. I was yeah. going to ask, can I borrow that cone after she's done with it? What are you keeping yourself from licking? Mm, what, the thing you're thinking of. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, so who is the horniest animal of all? Um, so initially, I wanted to look at reindeer this week, uh, because I kind of had this idea, I don't know if you did as well, that reindeer weren't actually real. What? Did no, you know? No, reindeer are real. They just, are very real. Just me? I I seen... This isn't one of those, like, is, don't all our hair slides go missing? It's don't like, they? no. <laughs> just Every... me? No, I think I got confused and I thought, obviously, deer are real. I know that deer are real, but mm-hmm. I thought that reindeer were the sort of, like, mythical creature. You're like thinking unicorn of... to horse. Yes, right. exactly. You're but thinking of flying reindeer. It, I think I'm thinking of flying reindeer. Mm. You're right. I think I didn't realise that reindeer <laughs> were just a type of deer. Mm. I kind of thought the reindeer were just the ones that pulled the sleigh. So um, they were not real. But they are. They're totally real. And uh, they can't fly. That's the only thing. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and then I looked into reindeer and they're just kind of like a four-legged animal. They're fine. <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> good um, lads. A couple of good lads. A couple of good lads, the reindeer. Yeah. So so from there, that was a, a, a vast hinterland of, of nothingness. Mm. Um, but then I thought, what about the most famous reindeer, Rudolph? Yes. He, he of the red nose. And mayor of New York. What? No. That was... <laughs> Randolph? <laughs> Randolph? Wasn't it Rudolph Gandolfini? No, that's oh, James um, Gandolfini. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, yeah. Not, the same, not the same as uh, Rudolph. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know the story, I mean, I'm sure everyone does, but we do have some listeners in like, you know, China. And like Bora Bora. Of, uh, do we have listeners in China? Yeah. Okay. He- hello, listeners in China. Hi, China. So, um, Ni hao. In, in case oh, anyone, oh, sorry. In case anyone doesn't know the story, I'm sure everyone does. But um, there's an amazing section on Wikipedia called "The Story," and it basically just redoes the song, but in a kind of like terrible, terrible way. So it goes: "The story chronicles the experiences of Rudolph, a youthful reindeer buck who possesses an unusual luminous red nose. Oh, mocked and excluded by his peers because of this trait, Rudolph proves himself one Christmas Eve with poor visibility due to inclement weather. After Santa Claus catches sight of Rudolph's nose and asks Rudolph to lead his sleigh for the evening." Rudolph agrees and is finally favoured by his fellow reindeer for his heroism and accomplishment. Wow, it's like a Greek tragedy, isn't it? Isn't that incredible? Read yeah. by like somebody that announces it on the tube, where it's like, <laughs> in this inclement weather. Yes, <laughs> inclement weather. Please keep a bottle of water with you at all times. It's passionate, doing that. <laughs> so um, I thought I'd look into where Rudolph comes from. Um, what, how old do you think Rudolph is? Oh, Hmm. 300 years. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that it's... Because well, most Christmas traditions are some kind of a German thing, right? Because uh-huh. they love the Christmas. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing like 1755. <laughs> he is only like 80 years old. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So oh. he's a 20th century phenomenon. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Cher. Yeah, Where yeah. Did he? yeah. Probably he, younger than Cher. He first appeared in a 1939 booklet written by Robert May and published by Montgomery Ward, which is a department store in Chicago. Wow. Oh, fine. So it wasn't written in Germany in 1939. It wasn't. Otherwise, Rudolph might be problematic. at all. <laughs> no. But then when I realised that uh, he was published by a department store, I was kind of like, oh, for God's sake, like Rudolph was a marketing ploy. Yeah. Mm. Rudolph was made up for money, which reminded me of like, you know, that thing about um, Father Christmas wearing red and white. Yeah. There's this rumour that like, yeah, that it's from Coca-Cola that basically Father Christmas used to wear green and then Coca-Cola got hold of it and we're like, no, we want him to wear red yeah. because that's the colour of our brand. And um, and yeah, changed him into kind of what we know him as today. In fantasy, he looks better in red. He yeah. definitely does it better in colour. red. But apparently that's not true. And oh. I actually, yeah, I know. And I saw that on the Coca-Cola website they said uh yeah before he was invented um he'd actually been in lots of illustrations and books wearing this red scarlet coat but his appearance would change quite a lot sometimes he was tall sometimes he was short sometimes he was like really gaunt Mm. uh sometimes he was elfin um and actually the way that coca-cola impacted it was that they had this artist called haddon sundblom who um who painted him as a kind of like and kind of used himself himself as a self-portrait and was like sure this can be father christmas i'll just look in the mirror and da, 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 da. and so then that's the kind of like bushy eyebrows and white hair and the beard and the kind of fat and jolly red-cheeked man um that we know it was but kind of came he's from... obviously based on the saint first isn't he yes yeah. yeah yeah i'm kind of only talking about like the physical image of him. okay sure also um, coca-cola would say that yes well this this is what they told me um personally <laughs> also that guy haddon sundblom painted pinups for calendars 
Oh. So, yeah. Kind of pervert. So that's kind of not such a bad story as I thought it initially was. Initially, I was like, fucking hell. Everything is just capitalist scum. And then, so I came back to like the whole capitalist Rudolph Mm. and was like, well, where did he come from? So yeah, he first appeared in this booklet written in 1939. And this guy, Robert May, who wrote the story initially, uh, was actually Jewish, which was interesting considering how... Christmassy Rudolph is. Mm. Um, he grew up in a pretty like well-off Jewish home in New York. Uh, his parents were hit by the Great Depression in 1929 and lost everything, and so Robert moved to Chicago and took a job as a uh, copywriter for this um, department store. Mm. And he writes about this time in a newspaper called the Gettysburg Times in 1975. And I just, I really loved the way he worded it. So I'm going to kind of tell you in his own words. Mm -hmm. He said, An icy January blast tore at my coat as I hurried on my way to work. I noticed that the Christmas street decorations had been taken down, and in a way I was relieved. My wife was suffering from a long illness, and I didn't feel very festive. I was glad to get inside the foyer of the Montgomery Ward building. In the elevator, I leaned back and listened to the younger men eagerly discuss their work. And how are you starting the new year? I glumly asked myself. Here I was, heavily in debt at age 35, still grinding out catalogue copy. Instead of writing the great American novel as I'd once hoped, I was describing men's white shirts. It seemed I'd always been a loser. Oh, oh mate, we've all been there. I know, isn't that sad? We've all slept with that yeah. guy, haven't we? We've all slept with that guy mm. who's working on the novel. Yeah. So he just kind of was like a like a poor man with a job. I'm really imagining Mad Men here. But, totally, you know? yeah. Um, and basically, each year, the department store that he worked for would give out a little Christmas book to um, you know kids and stuff. And it had a little poem in it or a story and some pictures. It was lovely. Um, and they used to buy them from another company and then give them out for free. So this year, 1939, um, Robert's boss asks him to write the book to save the money. And he's like, yeah, just make it cheery. Maybe put an animal as the star of the book. So this guy, Robert, he's like, okay, well, do you know what? I have a four-year-old daughter, Barbara. She loves reindeer. So I'm going to make a reindeer the central character of the book. Um, Uh, At that point, had there already been a tradition for reindeer pulling the sleigh? Yes. Yeah, there there was. There just wasn't a lead reindeer. There was not a lead reindeer. There was not a standout With a distinguishing facial feature. Mm. Yes, exactly. They all had the names, you know, Donner and Blitzen and Prancer or whatever. Uh, But there wasn't wasn't a Rudolph. Um, So he's kind of looking out the window of his office in Chicago. And it's like, you know, early in the year. um, And there's a big fog from Lake Michigan blocking his view. And he's like, oh, a nose, a bright red nose that would shine through fog like a spotlight. That's how this reindeer is going to be like special Mm. and different to all the other other ones um and at the time actually red noses were heavily associated with drinking because you yeah. know if you drink a lot you kind of get red nose um so his boss was like that's a terrible idea get out can't you do better than right. that um so he took his friend from the art department denver gillen to the zoo with his daughter on the weekend Aww. and um got him to draw rudolph and presented the drawing to his boss and he was like okay yeah great um and he started writing the story and uh, he says he drew on memories of his own painfully shy childhood when creating the Rudolph stories. Oh, I know. Very sweet. That's given me a whole new dimension to I know, and I'm not even done. Wow. Um, so in the original story, it's slightly different. Because how do you know Rudolph? I know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from the song. From the song. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm kind of vaguely but not f- deeply familiar with the cartoon the kind of stop motion animation sure from like the 60s or whenever it was yeah 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 i kind of remember it but it wasn't like a big favorite yeah 
So in the original story written by um, Robert, uh, Rudolph's bullied for his nose, but he's not one of Santa's reindeers. He's just like a regular regular reindeer um, who doesn't like working to live reindeer. with Santa at all. Um, mm. And Santa and his sleigh and the reindeer will set off one Christmas Eve and they get on really slowly because it's really foggy. And then he gets to Rudolph's bedroom, which is just like in town. Uh, and Rudolph's there asleep. Rudolph's bedroom. Yeah, no, a stable. His bedroom. No, he's giving a he's giving a present to Rudolph. Right. And so he looks in his bedroom, and um, sees him asleep, but his nose is shining. And Santa's like, "Oh, thank God! Like this bedroom is well lit because uh... of this guy's nose." And then he's like, "Oh shit! Well, I should get him to help me." So he shakes him awake and is like, "Excuse me, excuse me. Could you come and lead my sleigh tonight?" And Rudolph's <gasps> like, "Oh sure." Um, Rudolph with your nose so bright won't you yeah. be my sleigh tonight um, and it was originally written as well in the same form because I kind of thought like oh but surely the poem in the booklet was kind of written like surely it was the same as the song when they did the song they must have just like put a melody to the words but it's completely different um, and it was actually in the same kind of like poetic form as Twas the Night Before Christmas oh. so Robert writes up this poem and does some like preliminary drawings and stuff or gets his mate to do him. And then he ran these verses and chapters of the poem by his daughter, Barbara, four-year-old who loves the reindeer, to make sure that they were entertaining and stuff. And the kind of like, you know, B story to this is that his wife, Evelyn, as he wrote in uh, the Gettysburg Times, was quite ill with cancer as he started the book (gasps) in early 1939. She died in July of that year. And it was obviously really traumatising. His boss offered to take him off the book assignment and was like, look, I understand. You don't have to complete it. And he was like, no, I need Rudolph now more than ever. Oh, God, where is the Hallmark film about this? (laughs) God! So his wife died and he was like, no, I I have to carry on this book. He read the final version of the poem to his daughter Barbara and his dead wife's parents. Oh, God. Lads. And then the Rudolph... This is like the Green Mile. I know. And then the Rudolph booklet finally came out in 1939 at Christmas, that same year. And he was a massive success. Shoppers absolutely loved him. Um, 2.4 million copies were distributed. Oh my God. I know. But the thing is, I noticed you say distributed and not sold. Well, of course, yeah, because this... uh, It was a free booklet, always uh, Yeah, they gave it out for free, of course. And then uh, a few years later, another 3.6 million copies were distributed. Um, Who's the loser now? Well, also, that's the thing, though. Does he get any royalties for this? Obviously not, because he was a contracted member of staff. Exactly. So (gasps) Rudolph was like hitting it big. He was like really big time star now of Christmas but things only got worse for Robert because he um, he was still on his copywriter salary and he was in massive amounts of debt from his wife's medical bills because it's America right right right, it's Chicago right. right And in 1946, a company that wanted to do like a recording, like an audio recording of the poem, contacted him and they were like, oh, can we use it? And he wasn't able to give them approval because uh, the company owned it. Right, of course. Um, As is their right because they... Of course, of course. So he's kind of just like there in in poverty. Surely they gave him a raise or he got some interest from children's publishers or something. Well, what happened is, in 1947, the company's president gave the copyright rights of the poem to Robert <gasps> that's massive just gave them to him like Walt Disney wouldn't have done that I know like... didn't even sell them to him um, his daughter wow. told NPR that she thinks the bosses of the company did this because they didn't think that Rudolph had any more potential they they just thought like oh well you know everyone's we had our seen day that with now it, yeah. yeah 
It's done. It doesn't really matter. We'll now go, it's we'll go time for sky. Bert, the Christmas chipmunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which we'll all be talking about in 50 years. <laughs> yeah. And then in 1947, um, later that year, I guess, a publishing company put out a new version of the book. Uh, it sold loads. Yeah. sold so much because I bet at that point there were loads of people who had like remembered it when they were kids who yeah, maybe exactly, having kids yeah. of their own they're like oh remember that thing yeah, yeah. Like, we'll get one well, for about eight years later but, um, but, but there still, was still there like a nostalgia people. attached yeah. to it for sure um, and then of course you've got the song so um, it was kind of like it was successful already without the song but then um, Robert May's brother-in-law <gasps> Johnny Marks from his late wife well yeah or from a Johnny Marks uh, what oh, a cool actually, mm. I'm not sure uh, happened to be a songwriter. He had not had like loads of success or anything, but yeah, Robert May asked him to write a song about Rudolph, and so Johnny Marks wrote this song, the one that we all know so well, um, and it sold more than twenty-five million copies, wow. which was at the time more records than any other Christmas song apart from White Christmas. I'm guessing it must have had more verses because the only one I know is like the first yeah. verse. It's like the national anthem, is oh you no, it carries on for ages, yeah, yeah. yeah ages and ages and ages. Yeah. Well, fair play. That's great. I know. So then what happened to Robert? Well, in 1941, he married uh, another employee of the company that he used to work for, oh, Montgomery wow. Ward. Oh. He had five children with her. Bloody hell. Yeah. What happened to Barbara? Because uh, she's on NPR now. I guess, I guess she's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk to NPR. Loaded. I guess she does okay. Um, and then, yeah, thanks to Rudolph, his family were like totally taken care of financially. Oh, my God. And oh, he, he, used to, um, he used to call his house uh, the house that Rudolph built. Oh, God. I love this man. I know. I'm sure you've come to this conclusion already by yourself. But the nicest thing about this is that, like, Rudolph is about, like, a character that's kind of isolated and not, not like, with the rest of the herd or the gang. And then, because of, like, his unique sort of, like, gifts, is, like, becomes the leader and exactly. becomes the most valuable person. Exactly. And that's, and and that's just, what he yeah. that's what he loved so much about it. And he said, uh, Today, children all over the world read and hear about the little deer who started out in life as a loser, just as I did. But they learned that when he gave himself for others, his handicap became the very means through which he achieved happiness. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. You have written a book. A good one this time. <laughs> it was good. Available from all good bookstores. Promising young woman. Thank you. <laughs> you don't applaud me enough on this, I think. Mm. I love that, Hannah. That was yeah. a beautiful, lovely, lovely tale. heartwarming Christmas tale. Exactly what we needed for the Christmas episode. Oh, thank you. Thank and you, now Hannah. for some banality. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, so Alex, you've taken in the maximum amount of information that you're going to this year or able to this year mm. and instead of teaching us a lesson you're, you've written us a little poem instead I have I have a poem and a game I have a veritable buffet of fun mm. for you do you do uh, family games at Christmas you guys I try to but in general like me and my dad are both competitive to a point where it's it's not, not fun, fun. Yeah. oh yeah we do family singing that's more that oh, oh I love that, that. Yeah. yeah no everyone sings a song everyone just has to it's yeah the, it's the rules or if you can't come to Christmas dinner unless you can sing a song yeah wow mm-hmm. so Alex you're performing a Christmas poem for us is that right yes I uh, wrote this in seven long minutes for you <laughs> this poem is called love at Christmas oh and I think it's something we can all relate to All you lonely hearts out there Mm. in podcast land. Yeah. T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the land, all the creatures were scrolling through their Instagram. For they knew that tonight was the very last stage where their friends would be single before getting engaged. Oh. Oh, savour those selfies and pictures of nice things before your feed is all couples and bespoke diamond rings. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) I'm sad now. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. He moved me to tears. Was it a surprise, Sarah? You've been dating eight years. <laughs> As the bloke looks embarrassed, the girl contorts her wrist. You obligingly double tap and think, time to get pissed. <laughs> As the wine oozes through you, your ill will starts shedding until it hits you right then. You'll have to go to the wedding! <laughs> uh, That's it. <laughs> I love that! That is so good! Many thanks. Alex, I want to say there is a Christmas, a large Christmas Santa here. Mm. I'm going to give it to the most Christmassy dumb woman. You might win. Oh. Yeah. We're not at the end of the podcast yet, but we're no, near we're the not, end. Because I also have dumb woman Christmas bingo. God, yes. you're Christmassy. Turn so bingo. So bingo. So Christmassy. I've had a wine. Um, okay, so basically you have to... Hang on, sh- hang on. We need to bridge the gap with a cracker. Oh. Yeah. Bridge the no, gap. There's only, there's only one left. Oh, okay. Can we all... Three of us. I'll okay. hold the middle. No, Alex, Alex, you hold, you hold it with me and I make Oh, yeah, because you're right? the loser. Oh, for no, God's sake. Oh, I have not lost a single cracker. I think it's quite a good omen. It's because you impressive. are a cracker. Oh. Oh. I haven't had a hat on yet because my first one um, exploded on my huge hair. My hat fell in my wine. You oh, had two hats gosh. on for a bit know, there. It was real gel. Oh, it, I'm still it, proud oh. of my cute hat and I'm wearing it home. So, Guys... Alex is really rocking the paper hat. Yeah. And my head is too... Th- I feel like a cowardly lion. <laughs> How do you have such a big head? Trying to put his head into a pillowcase. I just oh, have really fun. thick hair. <laughs> All right, Christmas bingo. We, we're, we ran out of booze. Christmas bingo. So, yeah, so you just have to shout okay. if this has ever happened to you at oh, Christmas. Oh, the bells? The bells, the bells. Oh, we have jingle bells. Yeah. Oh, do we? Oh. Yeah. I totally forgot. Okay, oh, they sound sad on their own, don't they? Yeah, they don't sound as... 
Just keep the packet. Just shout. You can, you can be the bell. Okay, shout. I'll be, it's I'll more be the bell. raucous. Okay. I'm going to choose these at random. An argument about immigration. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nobody immigrates to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's a just cultural divide there. Okay. Good. Um, waiting for a Christmas Day text or call from your crush. Oh, yeah. That is definitely... Yeah. Every year. <laughs> No, but even like I wait for Christmas Day calls from Gavin sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, too busy with your N64, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Going back to your hometown and exclaiming how cheap the booze is. No, Um, never. No. (laughs) Ireland is fucking expensive and they keep taxing the booze. Sorry, I ate chocolate Santa while. Oh, I've been that prick before. Have you? Mm -hmm. My parents live in the suburbs of London. Oh, yeah. No chance. Yeah, I, I've I've been known to go home even though I grew up there for eighteen years and be like, oh my god, it was only three pounds seventy for a wine. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're a prick. Uh, which leads me to my next bingo call out: going to your local and being called a snob for moving away from home. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh that was a big one. <laughs> that is again inapplicable to me. No, oh, mm. um, sorry, sadly. Hannah. Um, hiding in the loo. Yes, everyone's done that. Yes, yes. A relative reacting in horror and confusion when you try to explain what your job is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually, it's easier now because people basically understand what a writer is. But for years, I worked in social media. Yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, um, you know, adverts that you see in magazines? Like, oh, do you write those? No, I write the ones <laughs> on Twitter. What's Twitter? You know, <laughs> magazines. <laughs> yeah. You just end up re-explaining what a magazine is. They're like that, but online. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I think the worst thing with being an audio producer is that people be like, oh, what does producing mean? Oh, shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Caroline, I don't know if this applies to you. I assume it doesn't. Um, Slagging off the Queen's speech. Oh, we don't watch the Queen's speech. No, we don't. Mm. We we slag it off without watching it, which I feel is both hypocritical and fun. (laughs) Those sound both those things. We, um, whenever I am spending uh, Christmas in England, my parents all text me. My family text me. Oh, I bet you're watching the Queen's speech, are you? Yeah, no Mm. one watches it. (laughs) Yeah, proddy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. We slang off Protestants a lot, and I'm not, and I'm actually not sorry because you enslaved us. So. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, talking to people your own age in your hometown that somehow own a house. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're just like, what housing crisis? You know, that happens to me all the time. Oh, we're in a lovely cottage just outside, uh, just outside the uh, main town. What? Yeah, and you're you spe- eight. You spend about like ten minutes being like. God, if only I moved home. Yeah. And then, and then you realise... And you're like, nah. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd rather have stuff happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Sorry, people who live in their hometowns, you know it's true. Pulling a guy or girl you went to school with just because you're out on Christmas Eve. Oh, have I done that? No. Sorry. No, I have. Okay. Good old Pete. Mostly Christmas Eves for me, uh, people asking each other like, oh my God, I haven't seen you since last Christmas Eve. Yeah. What are you doing now? Correct. The same job. Oh. I've got a couple of suggestions uh, from a good friend of mine here, uh, Jamie Allerton, fan of the podcast. Lovely. Listener. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Uh, who also suggested having the black James Bond argument with your family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I had the black Hermione argument. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, why do they have to be? Well, what does it matter? It's a fictional character. Well, it's just PC gone mad, isn't it? Well, not really. It's just a character, etc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, this is what inspired my poem: uh, seeing your ex getting engaged on Instagram as you're eating a donut at eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Nelly. Where my bells? Where my bells at? Make your heels clack, clack, Ooh, clack. boy. Oh, Nelly. I'm actually waiting on my ex getting engaged. I feel like we're kind of in a silent game of chicken, to be honest. Because we're both in serious relationships a fairly long term. Come on, you can take him, Caroline. He's got more money than me. Um, you know, he's going to buy a big diamond one yeah, of these days, you know. Goddamn right he is. Yeah. Okay, last couple on Christmas bingo. Um, staying at a partner's house and hearing a loud 2am toilet flush. Oh, yeah. Oh. Also one of Jamie's. <laughs> yeah, that's very that good. Jamie, let's get him on the podcast. I know. Oh, he's very funny. Uh, we definitely should. Um, and then I just put a special one in for me, which uh, because I do stand-up now, I hear approximately every 17 minutes. Um, you can put that in one of your stand-up sets. Oh, no. Oh. I, I get the equivalent, which is, you should do a podcast episode about that. Yeah. Or you could write a book about that. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So yeah, that's my Dumb Women Christmas Holiday Bingo. And I very think good. That was great. Good luck to you all in all of your relative, quite literally, Christmas experiences. <laughs> oh, you twist the top and not the base. You twist the base, Hannah. What? Twist the Ooh. base. <laughs> open it like you would open a cock. Twist the base. <laughs> Twist the base. I know. Of a cock. Of a cock. That's how you do it, right? <laughs> right. We all have some. No wonder you're fucking single. <laughs> it's a great noise off of that. Very good. Madame. Yeah, I'm your Oh, cheers. Happy Christmas episode. Oh, Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. I wasn't going to drink this week. Oh, sorry. It's yeah. December. Christmas it's a write off. Done. Mm. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast for a little while, you might recognise this merry voice because we've invited trend reporter Lucy Vine to the studio for a much overdue segment of On the Vine with Lucy Vine. Yeah. Hi, Lucy. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Good <laughs> Christmassy. I too am swell. Would you like to ring in the Christ- your Christmas segment by pulling on this Christmas cracker? Ooh. Sexy. Oh. Sexy. Oh. I feel like you cheated a bit there. So Lucy, you've come here yeah. today to talk to us about some Christmassy, wintry trends that you've been uh, smelling in the air. How do, you, how do you find them? Do you kind of? I'm, uh, I'm just a trend genius. I just feel it yeah. on the wind, you know. I see, yeah. Yeah, it's like radio waves. They just pass through me <laughs> and enter my brain. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that what happened to the town there in Brockovich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... Trend forecast brought to you by brain cancer. Yeah. Which is so in right now. So trending. (laughs) All right, hit us with the trends. Okay, so in at number one, because it is tis the season, it's cuffing season. What's cuffing? As I'm rebranding it, muffing season. Oh, is everyone getting head? time we had a holiday for the female orgasm i know right so cuffing season is the time of year when everyone gets a boyfriend just because it's cold outside Mm. you know and there's nothing else to do with your vagina so i just um i'm trying really hard to get a boyfriend um, at the moment well i've got a date tomorrow oh yeah just just some guy from bumble oh very nice i recently moved to the countryside and um i've set my radius on bumble for like three feet because <laughs> right, right, right. I just don't want to have to travel, but I can't just travel next door. So like loads of people passing through the pub. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah, but it's mostly like my brother. Oh. And also, it's good cuffing season because you then get to break up with somebody in the spring. It's really fun. I know. Oh. Yeah, when you get here, is yeah. planning to break up with somebody in the spring. Um, I'm too deep in now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can do it. I believe yeah. in you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Gavin, if you're listening, prepare yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, when it gets warm again, it's annoying having somebody heating up your bed. 
totally it is annoying yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on a really bad period at the moment oh. and uh, my, I mean, I'm really warm but I, yeah. need, I need to be covered by a blanket but also I need to be very cold yeah that's um, so I just need Gavin to die yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could break up with him oh yeah that's, that's the, the uh, other option that's, that's an option the lazy girl's version <laughs> So are there like actual stats behind this cuffing? Like, because uh, I'd never really heard of it until this year. Actually, it's totally a thing that I don't have stats for. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> that's very much the theme of this. But podcast. it's definitely a thing that, uh, anecdotally, I could tell yeah, you. Yeah, I is think it is actually. Yeah. Are you, you trying to get a boyfriend are, at the moment? Uh, I I would say what I've done is I dated a guy I was really into very intensely for yeah. a while, and that ended in sort of you know the end scene of Thelma and Louise. Oh yeah. yes, sort yeah. of like that was would have been a nice way to end. <laughs> <laughs> but we went even worse. Right. Um, so what I've decided to do is just text everyone I've already slept with and see if they're up for it. That is a lot easier. Backsliding. Yeah. Yeah. For it's just really hard period. having to introduce your vagina to new people. Yeah, especially in these cold months. You I know, know, right? Yeah. It's not looking its best. It's anemic. You know, <laughs> it does look anemic. Could do with some sun. Yeah, yeah. she's got it sun. out right now, and it does look quite poorly. Yeah. Well, you need to get it, give mm. it some air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes. In at number two for this month's trends is Harry Redknapp. Just because I'm genuinely fascinated. He's he's become hugely, hugely popular for on I'm a Celebrity. Is anyone watching I'm a Celebrity? Yeah, so like what, briefly, bits it. and pieces. Basically, he was a big football manager, right? Right, uh, yes. Like one of the biggest. Yeah. He's Jamie um, Redknapp's dad. He's Jamie Redknapp's yes, dad. Well, he is. And he well retired, spotted. what, a few years ago or something? Oh, now you're talking. He's um, a geezer. He's a proper <laughs> geezer. geezer. Yeah, he's but, but the best thing about him, um, if you haven't been watching, is that he just has like lived in like Fritzl's basement for 40 years or right. something because he knows nothing. Like He has never heard of Toy Story. He's never done a jigsaw puzzle. Oh, He's never heard boy. of flossing. He doesn't know who Prince Harry was. He actually met Prince Harry and didn't like didn't know who he was. What? Oh, that's wow. just... Okay, like, that's who just is this ignorance. human being? Yeah. Is, that, is that a bit like when men pretend not to know who like Ariana Grande or the Kardashians are? They're like, who's this? Oh, I'm just too cool. Like, I'm just yeah. too yeah. above all that. I don't know. I think Harry Redknapp is probably serious. Yeah, no, I think he is. I mean, I don't think flossing is on a Kardashian level. So uh, this is going to air probably after I'm a Celebrity, after the I'm a Celebrity Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's going to win, isn't he? You think he'll win? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, he's got quite the following now. Yeah. Really? Although for the last, like, three years, it's been these young women all under 30 who've nailed the challenges and stuff. So it's for me, I think it's Emily Atak. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or Harry Redknapp. See, I would have put my money on Noel Emmons because I think he's brilliant. You know, he's already out. But he's out. First out. First out. First out. He's a scumbag. Also, apparently he got paid 600 grand to do it. He was first out. Yeah, 10 days, 60 grand a day he made while in the jungle. Yeah. He's also, he really is such a crazy person. Oh, I think I was only kind of half watching, so maybe... Maybe I missed all those bits. Well, even before that, like he he kept coming out in the last couple of years to say like um oh he's got like a like great, a phone like, line for your cat. Bad right? thoughts give you cancer. He's very yeah. woo woo. Yeah. He he did this whole speech about how women don't poo. Oh, oh yeah. I missed that. He should listen to dumb women more. He should, <laughs> yeah, he really. She should visit me in my bathroom. Dumb yeah. <laughs> and then in at number three or one, I don't know Is what three we the did. best one. <laughs> Three's, three's the new one. Yay. For Christmas. Um, Naughty's rom-coms. They're back. 
Oh, yeah. great. So um, I'm going to spend the next uh, month watching um, all of Naughty's films um, because of, of Ariana course. Grande's new music video. Of course. It's so have good. Have you watched it? I have seen it. Oh, it's so amazing. You guys, have you seen I it? I like the song, but I don't know. I haven't seen the video yet. Oh, you need to watch it. Oh. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So she recreates scenes from Mean Girls, Bring It On, and... Um, Legally it? Blonde. Legally Blonde, that's it. And so and it's just absolutely amazing. She's got stars from like Mean Girls. She's got The Boy. You look sexy with your hair pushed back. And she's got, um, what's her name from Legally Blonde? Paul The, um, the one that does the nails in yeah. the salon? Yeah, so she's oh. got actual stars the from Bend the films. And, and uh, Bend and Snap Woman. Bend and Snap. Is it Paulette? I want to say Paulette. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe made that up. And also she gets really like um, sassy about her exes in it. It's amazing. And also Ariana Grande doesn't pronounce it. Ariana Grande. Oh, doesn't she? Oh, sorry, no, Ari- Ari- no. Ariana. <laughs> and this was something that I just remembered because she did an interview recently where she said her own name. And oh, it was, she pronounced it. We've Grand. all been getting it wrong. What did she say? Grand. I think the Ariani. Ariani <laughs> is definitely wrong. Uh, Ariana part is right, but it's like I can't remember what she does. It's Grande. like grand, grand, grande, grande. It's more like grande. Oh, <laughs> I think. Oh, I that's, not, that's not very sexy, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah Ariana Grande. But um, so if we've been saying Cafe, and it's actually calf. <laughs> right exactly gosh the things you learn yeah. on dumb women so is she gonna is she gonna have sparked a whole kind of like 90s revival amongst Definitely. the people because her generation like the girls that listen to her music the young, the young women yeah they the won't young, know it will they might not necessarily have seen those films See, when they were in their heyday I this totally is what I'm agree. like I, I, why I can't totally warm to the whole concept yet it's like those films are already massive 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 hits like I know <laughs> like like me girls. I don't need your help Ariana Grunder <laughs> yes it's like Legally Blonde, Mean Girls. Like I know twelve and thirteen year olds who like my my seven year old niece knows Mean Girls. Do you know what I mean? Like why not have like you know stepmom or something? Yeah. something everyone's genuinely forgotten or head over heels with Amanda Potter and Freddie Prince Jr. You know what about Freddie Prince Jr.? Where's yeah, his work? That's fair enough. Let's bring back Where the, is the canon. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. If it helps, nice. I've been watching a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the last week for no reason at all. I don't know and how I... it would help, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a weird series of tangents. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Who would you sass if you were going to do uh, a music video? Oh, uh, like an free, ex. free Willy. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, got all this killer whales here. Sass Willy. <laughs> sure, why not? He needs a sass. No one sass him. You're so smart. How come you're in Sea World? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> Dumb bitch. <laughs> uh, well, I could do my good. aforementioned Thelma and Louise. Yeah, oh, perfect. See? Yeah. Um, yeah. Buy it. I think I do Schindler's List personally. Fair, yeah. Me, me in the red coat. Just to make it really sexy. That would go down well. Saying thank you next to Liam Neeson. Yeah. Then running up to save them and then not saving them because yeah. they're dicks. God, this is mm. getting deep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no one would say thank you next to Liam Neeson because he is a ride. <laughs> That's true. Surely yeah. though, if thank you next and the kind of, oh, I guess rom-coms is the theme, isn't it? But that kind of counteracts cuffing season. What's she doing? She's not with. She's not working seasonally. Oh, no, she's saying muffin. thank you, Pete Davidson. Next, my Christmas boyfriend. Oh, oh what exactly. Christmas cuff is going to be. Oh, well, in the song she goes, she she talks about how her next Christmas cuff is herself. It's herself, mm. isn't that a I don't wise, believe that for a moment. Yeah. beautiful mm. moment yeah. where she recognizes yeah, the sure. love she feels for herself. One call you want, but you still want to fuck. <laughs> so anyway, those are my trends. Hooray! Thank you. Those Thank are my trends you, for 2018, Aww. probably. So I hope. Yeah. <laughs> we all have a Christmas boyfriend and then make a music video about him and then run off and with Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Lucy. Lucy. I will leave. 
Okay, guys, Lucy Vine has left. It's crunch time. Who wins the chocolate Santa? I think it's Hannah. Really? Oh, set your case. Because I brought the feelings with the Rudolph thing. I just feel like I've learned a lot. I really feel for Robert. I feel like I'm a kindred spirit with him. And yeah. one day I'll write my own Rudolph. I feel like it's you, Alex, because that poem was really funny. Yes. Oh. I, I also okay. vote for Alex. Well, I also wrote the scripts this week, so... <laughs> I mean, Jane, Jane Frail... You know, even though I've never I met her. I do book her. her every week. Yeah, you do yes, book her every week. True. And I've never met her, but that you was... You have to liaise with her PR. It's that amazing. was yeah. top. Yeah, sure. I'll vote for you. <sighs> I'm going to give to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be in the running, you know? Caroline is reluctantly no handing me a chocolate Santa, which I, I will inevitably share with them both. Merry Merry Christmas. But he's the biggest one. We only have all these small Although Santas. Although he's a very good shape. He's a good shape, you know? <laughs> he's a nice, you know? He's a good, snug He'll fit, fit in there. Yes. Wherever there you decide is. Well, thank you for listening to this special Christmas episode and a merry, merry Christmas to you all. Thank you to Alan Maguire of the Juvenalia podcast and Roast Chestnuts podcast fame and to Lucy Vine. Her books Hot Mess and What Fresh Hell are out now and Are We Nearly There Yet is coming out in 2019. Thank you also to Harry Harris for our jingles, Gavin Day for our artwork and Soho Radio Studios for the recording space. We'll be back in the new year. So until then, Merry Christmas! If we reach 2019, have a good one! Happy Hanukkah! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.